0: Wait, explain this to me. It just looks like a vanilla biscuit.
1: It's just like shortbread with like Nutella. It's a shortbread
0: that, that I find is not great.
1: Oh. All right. We are back. Back in the recording studio. Yes. Yes.
0: How good was the last episode? Our first episode face to face?
1: Yes, yes. And we had a lot of good feedback from our listeners. Nice.
0: We have peaked.
1: We have peaked. Now it's all it's downhill just, from it's now. It's just downhill from here. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what
0: are we going to talk about?
1: I, I'm, I'm amazed how much content we had just on tires. Amazing.
0: <laughs> I'm um, not. Remember how when I said we should do a whole episode on tires and you and were... I
1: laughed in your face. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. everyone can forward to that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. That sounds like me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with that. I realize minute. you're right like a year later. <laughs> um, but today I think we can talk about one of my favorite parts about Formula One, oh, yeah? which is the strategy, strategy, strategy.
0: <sighs> strategy. How the mighty are falling. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah.
1: What? The strategy is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Mm. It's all about. Okay, for me, it's like the best parts of the strategy is when, the teams and drivers are like messing with other teams' (laughs) heads. Like they're just messing with people, you know. And I'm also a strategies type of person, you know. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell us how you're a strategy type of (laughs) (laughs) person. Let's let's not get it that. But I just, I just. (laughs) I
0: think for me, the thing is, um, strategy used to be in some ways way more intricate because, um, back in the day, well, back in the day, we could we had refueling during races um so as you know now formula one cars are filled up with with the fuel load that they'll carry through the whole race well not the, the fuel load burns off obviously but they're not able to top up their fuel during the race
1: um, i actually didn't know that i just assumed that <laughs> <laughs> i i didn't even i guess i just didn't even notice that they don't refuel. like yeah right yeah yeah, yeah you yeah, know what i mean like, like I mean, you just did all sorts of stuff in the pit stop mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. thought maybe they're just putting fuel here and there but okay no. that's interesting so no. i have seen them refuel the cars in like practice sessions and even sometimes qualifying yeah
0: it's a different if i guess like you know the car will be in its pit garage uh you know on its life support system when they when they do that but yeah Yeah. but in the past it was during the pit stop so when it came into the pit bay where it was you know we we usually had the the tire changes now in the pit bay there would also be a guy with a hose that would refuel and that made things really interesting because um how much fuel they would take on board was a big strategic play um it would you know the more fuel you want to take on board the longer you have to be stationary in the pit bay uh, and so you lose more time the
1: longer you can go with more fuel exactly yeah But the heavier the car will be which means it'll be slower Slower at
0: the start as well yeah Yeah. so all these like all these things you've got to balance and to make it even more interesting there was a rule where um you had to qualify using the same fuel load that you would start the race with um so you know do you do you put a low amount of fuel in so you get to a better qualifying performance but then potentially compromise your race strategy.
1: Oh, and you'd have to pit so, so soon. Yeah, Now yeah. they have, or maybe they always had this, that rule around you have to qualify with the tyres, you're going to start the race, right?
0: They stopped that. They stopped that a year or so ago. But oh, yeah, right. yeah they, okay. did, they did have a yeah, rule Yeah, okay, where,
1: just delete that part of, from the uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah,
0: well, no, you should be proud of yourself. That's the first, <laughs> like, obsolete rule that you've known. So <laughs> you've been watching it long enough.
1: <laughs> okay, so it used to be quite interesting with the refueling. And then... They got rid of that whole...
0: Yeah, well, they changed the rules so that um, essentially they banned refueling during the race. Um Why? There are a couple of reasons to drive that. Um, tell first, me why, tell <laughs> me why. Tell, what song is that? I <laughs> thought you were going backstreet boys, but then you went... <laughs>
1: oh, tell me why.
0: That's better, yeah. yeah.
1: Um I was going Greece. let tell, tell me tell more. more. Tell me okay. more. Okay, yeah, let's tell you. Why does he have a car? Me why, yeah.
0: Tell me why, tell me why. Oh, my God. Ah, uh, you just make it up your own songs. Now. <laughs> um, uh, so a couple of reasons there was. I think I feel like it. It did help to encourage more fuel efficient cars because um, now that you have to have your whole races worth of fuel on board, uh, having a more fuel efficient car means you can put less fuel in the car at the start. And that's a lighter right, car, right. Um, and you know that technology filters down into road cars. So we want to try and encourage that sort of thing.
1: Oh, F1 is such a good sport. I mean, just
0: <laughs> but the other thing is, um, yeah, it is a good sport. I mean, <laughs> <just> <laughs> yeah. Doing,
1: doing, you know, just changing the world in such good way. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. Let's yeah. not mention the the travel habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> One the plane time. Are
1: flying between continents, back yeah. and forth every Zig few zagging, weeks. Zing like, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but the other main reason that we talk about it was a safety thing. Um, back in the day when we had refueling, you know, the cars are hot, the engines the exhaust, there's all these things that could really easily ignite the fuel. And, and it did happen on occasions. Uh, oh. um, if you YouTube it, Josper Stappen, um, Max's dad in, in the 90s here, that's the one that I feel like that I always think about when I think about fuel fires because, um, yeah, he's just getting refueled, a bit of a leak, and then boom, the whole thing just oh went up gosh. in flames in like the blink of an eye. Right.
1: Um, so similar to using your mobile phone uh, at the gas <laughs> that's station. That's exactly
0: why you shouldn't use your mobile <laughs> <So> <laughs> while, you while you're refueling. refueling. Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay. Living, living. In Did example. I say gas
1: station? I meant petrol station. Oh my god! Yeah. Did
0: you? Yeah. Do you guys know? Gom used to live in America, actually. I yeah. 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 New York.
1: All right. So that was strategy back in the olden days when mm. refueling was allowed. Mm. Now that refueling's banned, strategy. Is still interesting in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It's it's about it's about the different tires that teams choose to use mm-hmm. uh, when when they come in for pit stops. Uh, how long they're able to like stay on a tire and still have grip and performance. Yep. And um, or if they like go into pit earlier uh, and then come out with fast new tires. And then they like uh-huh. overtake people. Like, uh-huh. there's, a, there's a lot that can go on.
0: Yeah, we're talking about undercuts and overcuts and going <sighs> long, right? Yes, yes. Lord that's undercut. the word.
1: Those are the words I was looking for. Yeah, undercut
0: is definitely something you hear a lot when you're watching a Formula One race. And yeah, it's worth it's explaining. It's
1: also something I'm looking at right now. And your hairstyle—you've got an undercut. This is not an undercut. You got the the long on the top, and then yeah. the shaved round no, the bottom. This is um, a this
0: is the this is the broccoli top.
1: Broccoli top. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I think we need to post a photo of you on our Insta, and then yeah. get like just our listeners, um, uh, you know, views on whether it's an <laughs> undercut, haircut or a broccoli haircut.
0: Bro, I'm gonna win this. This is not a fight you want. So <laughs> <laughs> undercut was like. It's like when it's parted in the middle and it's kind of like a bowl cut almost, sort of thing. Oh, the 90s yeah, undercut. yeah, yeah. That was big. Yeah. That
1: was big back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The Nick Carter cut. Nick Carter had... Oh, yeah. You know, you know, talking about he's,
1: he, he probably still has an undercut. <laughs> <laughs> he probably does.
0: All right, so undercuts and overcuts. Tell me what you know about your undercuts and... Over, not the haircuts.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, you're quizzing me now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So my understanding of undercut and overcut mm. used to be wrong. I used to think overcut is just when you... Uh, stay out longer on a tire, and you save time on pit stops. Mm-hmm. And then undercut is when you pit stop earlier, and you come out with like fresh new tires, and you're like faster. So you yeah. then like overtake, overtake your competition. Yeah, but so I don't think that's completely right is, technically, is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, you know, I'm a stickler for this kind of thing. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. And they're incorrectly used all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So undercut, you used that was right. So, undercard is, you know, you'd have two cars battling. One of them, usually the car behind, will come into the pits, take on fresh tyres, and okay. then use that, that added performance for however long they're out there while the other car is still out there on old tyres to, to gain an advantage. And then when the other car comes in, puts new tyres on, by that time they've already lost time to the right, car that right. came in first, right? Um, yeah. And so often what you might see is a car is behind, They'll come in and pit earlier than the car in front. Then by the time they've both done their pit stops, the car that was behind is now in front. Um, and that's, so you're
1: faster by pitting and changing tyres. That's right. That's an uh, undercut.
0: That's an undercut, yeah. Um, and the performance is when you come out of the pits because you've got fresh tyres, right? Um, and right. so that's pretty common in Formula 1 these days because we have tyres that wear out a lot. Um, and there's a big performance difference between old tyres and new tyres. Um, yeah, yeah. The overcut is quite rare, I would say, in Formula One now. But back in the old days when we had refueling, it was more common. Um, And so, and the, the thing about the overcut is you're actually faster before the pit stop. So rather than coming out and having fresh tires and being fast, what actually happens is for whatever reason, you're faster before you come into the pits. So back in the day when we had refueling, that's because your car was very light and it didn't have a lot of fuel on board. So, just before you came in the pits, that's when you were putting in your super fast laps. And so, if your opponent had to come in and pit earlier than you, they would come out with a heavy fuel load. So, they'd be really slow.
1: Okay. So, it's not always about staying out uh, on tires and being faster?
0: No, yeah. Well, I mean, these days... So, that was back in the day. That's how an overcut would work, often. These days, um, obviously, no refueling. So, the fuel load doesn't have an impact on performance um in in this in this sense but what we do sometimes get is someone might come out of the pits and for some reason they'll actually be pretty slow often it's like when they can't get temperature into the tires for some reason um it's quite a rare thing it did happen in monaco last year i believe when the ferraris and the red bulls were battling and we had a a wet track that was drying out um and that sort of moisture on the track and things made made it quite hard to get temperature into the tires when you came out of the pits so We had, I think it was a Ferraris pitted earlier and it was essentially like an undercut move. But then when they came out of the pits, they were struggling for speed. Meanwhile, the Red Bulls were out there with their older tires, but they had temperature in those tires. So they're actually putting in faster lap times than the Ferraris. So when the pit stops were all said and done, the Red Bulls actually had gained the advantage over the Ferraris by pitting later rather than earlier.
1: Okay. So you're just faster by not pitting. So, it's just a comparison between who you're fighting with around pitting and not pitting and then who kind of came out faster, yeah. who kind of gained performance from that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's okay. that's the general gist of an undercut right, and overcut.
1: Okay. It's not about like the tires and how long you've been out on it or anything like so
0: that. So, that incorrect definition you had of, of an overcut, and, and that's not your definition, but like I've heard the commentators incorrectly, yes. incorrectly yeah. use overcut. I've heard overcut
1: yeah. a lot, even in racing these days. So. Yeah.
0: What that is, is the go-long strategy. Go-long. Yeah. And the reason is often the go-long strategy is, your, is the counterpunch to an undercut. Um, so what happens is, say we've got two cars battling each other, it's lap 18, and, and one car comes in to do an undercut, right? So they pit earlier than the other car, they come out, they've got lightning pace. Um, but the other car that stayed out, they're like, okay, well, now if we come into the pits we're going to be in trouble because we've already lost time to them. They're on fast tires. By the time we come out, we're going to be behind them game over, right? So what you can do instead is try and eke out your tires for as long as you can. So, you know, maybe you can get to lap 28 or something like that, lap 30 on your tires. If you can really manage them, something like that, let's just say for, for argument's sake, Um, by the time you come out, you've lost a lot of time. Yes. However, you now have much younger tires, you know, 10 12 lap younger tires on your car and you can then try and use that advantage so you'll have like a faster car towards the end of the race so that car that pitted on lap 18 their tires might be really really old by the time they get into lap 50 54 whatever it is but your la- your tires will be like 10 laps younger so maybe by the end of the race you can use that performance advantage to catch up to them and overtake them that's the go-along right. strategy
1: and i guess a lot of the time if your competition goes to pit you and you want to do the box opposite thing of doing that. Right. So uh, if they pit, you don't want to pit, you want to stay out. And so you're kind of forced into a strategy almost depending on what your competition does.
0: Yeah. There is a bit of forcing into strategy. You're right. So, you know, what I would say is if you're the car in front, you would actually want to do the same strategy as the car behind because you, they gain no advantage. Right. right? right yeah. But unfortunately, being in front means um, by the time they peel off into the pit lane, you've gone past the pit yeah. entry. So yeah. you can't actually mirror them. Um, but if you're the car behind, mirroring the strategy of the car in front, you're not going gain, to gain anything. Like there won't be a net gain or loss. It's just going to yeah, be the same. Yeah. So you may as well try something different. In the hope that you gain something. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, um, yeah, box opposite is is a common term that we use. And it's something that the engineers will say to drivers on the radio, which essentially means the car that you're battling, usually the car right in front of you, do the exact opposite of what they do. Coming around this lap, if they go into the pits, you stay out. If they stay out, you come into the pits. Yeah.
1: yeah, And that's when it gets interesting with the dummy pits. Yes. Even sometimes I feel like the cars kind of swerve, like they're about to go into the pit lane. (laughs) And then they kind of don't. I don't know if that's completely
0: You know, that is a thing. Um, And another situation where you you might see one team force another team into a strategy is when there's a 2v1 situation. So let's say you have a, a Red Bull leading the race. You've got a Ferrari in second and the other Red Bull's in third. Um, and the other Ferrari, let's say, is out of the picture, Uh, you might see Red Bull actually pit their third-place car in order to try and force Ferrari into responding to them. So Ferrari might decide that they want to pit as well in order to try and avoid being undercut by that third-place Red Bull. But in doing so, that might actually compromise their overall strategy. And so by Red Bull forcing them to do that, they're actually protecting the lead Red Bull and, and helping that car cruise to victory.
1: Enlighten us. How does a strategy get designed for a race?
0: Do I look like a strategist to you? Uh, <laughs> I'm just a guy. Sort? Just, a okay, guy. Yeah, just a guy yeah, in yeah. fan merchandise. <laughs> so,
1: so, yeah, I wish we could just bring in a strategist to, to explain this. Um,
0: do, you, do you know anyone?
1: I do, actually. Um, I mean, not not in real life, but <laughs> one strategist that really um, right. stands out for me is oh. Hannah Schmidt.
0: Ah, uh, Yes, Red Bulls.
1: Yes, yes. Okay, first of all, I'm just like, she's just a role model because she's one of the few women in F1 in such a like senior leadership position. Mm. There's just hardly any out there. And I've been reading a bit about her because I was like, oh, I want to be more like, you know, Hannah in my life. Um, And apparently she was interested in cars and engineering from ever since she was a toddler.
0: Right. Would you Um, call her a petrol head? (laughs) <laughs>
1: so, yes yes with with pride with it is pride. not an insult uh, uh, i've come a long way um it is something to take with i don't know pride. if our listeners have
0: that context but <laughs> <So, laughs> gom got gom got called uh, a petrol head once and she she took offense to it <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah
1: yeah yeah not anymore not anymore yeah. um still like the smell of fuel but um <laughs> <laughs> so. that's a whole
0: different thing <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, so Hannah had a clear passion um, for racing since since a really young age, and then she joined Red Bull. and I think she like worked her way up the ranks mm-hmm. um, through different strategy positions, and she had some breakthrough moments where you know her like key strategy decision uh, actually like secured the win for Red Bull. That's, or, pretty, and that's um, when she
0: like or not always, but like you know she gets us down on the podium and stuff gets sprayed with champagne. Yes. Yes. Love that for her.
1: Yeah. And one of the secrets to her success is that <laughs> she actually stays really calm on <laughs> in the pit wall. I know it sounds so simple, <laughs> but I think to, ha- to to develop a good strategy and to make the right strategy calls in the moment, I think you need to have a really calm, clear mind. Uh, this calm. Is, this clear is an absolute mind.
0: primary school. Careers day spiel you're giving me. It so is. It so is. You can tell I'm like, totally fangirl. I feel like you were in class as in grade three and Hannah Schmitz came to class <laughs> yeah. and like, huh, ah, what do you do for a living? <laughs> yes.
1: And then I just walk away with everything I need to succeed in life. That's
0: magic. Yeah. Walk yeah. away and say, I want to do it. I want I mean, a career in STEM. She
1: stands out. And then Toto Wolf is the other person that really stands out for you're me. a big fan of yeah, a, um, And his whole leader. no blame culture and approach to leadership. <laughs> it's just so inspiring. I talk inspiring. to so many people at work about it too. It's love that.
0: Yeah. I love that. But uh, back to
1: Hannah and you, strategy. Can you please, without having Hannah here to explain the process.
0: You could have asked her when she came to your year three class. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, um, how How would you describe, you know, the strategy process that happens over a race weekend?
0: Yeah, look, I mean... If I if I had to guess, I would say it starts long before the race weekend even begins, right? So you've got the teams using the simulators, the drivers are in there. Um, all of that is based on previous data or data, as you say, um, that they've gathered, you know, from racing at tracks before, from knowing their cars, from Pirelli sharing sharing information with them. Um, yeah, Pirelli
1: even has like a predicted pit stop. Yeah, right. They're yeah. like, okay, predicted two two stop you know, this many laps and soft mm-hmm. and then medium or whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that's that's based on all kinds of things. Like they have, before every race weekend, Pirelli go around, they have this like little trolley thing they push on the track and it measures like the, uh-huh. the coarseness of the, the, the track surface and things like that. And they use okay. that to try and understand, you know, how much is that going to stress the tyres. And all of that data and data, <laughs> information gets gathered, given to the teams. And when they get to the race weekend, they try and have some idea of, you know, how the tires are going to behave, um, yeah. and then what they'll try and do is validate that during the practice sessions. You know, gather more data, and um, it's essentially all about the
1: data, big that's data. That's
0: it. That's it. I call it data. All right. Data, data. All right. As long as we're okay with that. Much
1: of a muchness.
0: Um, and then essentially they'll come up with these models that will will say like, you know, how will the tires perform? You know, what are your lap times going to look like at wow. every single lap during the race? You know, as the tires degrade as the fuel load comes off the I'm car. imagining
1: some like awesome screens with like all these graphs yeah, me too, and me too. data Hectic and averages graphs, and brof. oh my gosh. So many yeah. graphs. Yeah. Um
0: and they'll they'll have an idea of like what their optimal strategy is, you know, which tyres they should use, when they should stop to get the smallest possible race time. Right. But from there, like for me I feel like that's like a baseline that they would use because then they've got to sort of you consider different scenarios, um and sort of adjust it, modify it to suit them. Because, I mean, a classic example, just for argument's sake, let's say your model says that the best, the fastest race you can do will involve you starting the race on hard tyres. I don't know, going to lap 45 or something, then swapping to soft tyres and finishing the race on soft tyres, right? Um, That might sound good in theory, but the reality is that means you're going to start the race on hard tyres. So that's when all the cars are really close together. You know, lap one, everyone's doing a bit of hip and shoulder, trying to attack. Spicy, usually. That's it, yeah. Uh, you're trying to get temperature into the tyres. It's harder to do that with harder compounds. So right, do you really right. want to be on a hard tyre with, with lower grip? It's risky. Yeah, when everyone around you say on a soft tyre. Um, so yeah, you've got to think about that. You've got to adjust it based on those things and, and a whole lot of other considerations as well. Um, and again... They'll probably go into the race with a few different scenarios, you know, based on how things might play out. That's why you hear plan A, plan B, plan C kind of stuff. Right. Um, right. Yep. And yeah, so essentially there's that. But then I think, as you know, there's stuff that happens during the race. Um, so much. Yeah. That just puts, you know, turns your plans all upside down sort of thing. Right. Um, and I mean, some of them are more, more obvious and clear, but some of them are a little bit subtle. Like, for example... Say you want to pit on a certain lap but for some reason it's unexpected but all the cars are really bunched up close together like no one's opening up a big gap and you look at where you are, where your car is, your driver, and you add 22.5 seconds to them like because that's how long it's going to take to do a pit stop. And then you go, oh, hang on! If we if we pit him now, he's going to come out into traffic, you know, and he's going to get stuck in a DRS train or whatever it is. Oh,
1: those DRS trains! There. Yeah.
0: So you got to you got to think on your feet, change your strategy. It's not just a matter of you know, oh, we pit a lap later or not. You might have to go to a completely different plan. Um, so there's things like that. Um, obviously, you got your safety cars, your red flags. Um, uh, yep, yep. Because with those things, you're they pit- can
1: really throw. A hammer in the mix? A hammer in the mix? Is that the that saying? <laughs> I, I, I guess so. Let's say <laughs> a hammer in the mix. A spanner
0: in the Yeah, a spanner in the works? Spanner yeah spanner in the works. Oh my gosh, I need we to
1: get these British the sayings right. Um, <laughs> British
0: sayings? Aren't they? Like, that's such a normal saying. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, a
1: lot of stuff used to come from uh, Britain. Ye
0: merry old yeah, England, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, when a safety car comes out, all the cars have to slow down. So if you're making your pit stop then you lose less time to your opponents because they're all trundling around the track going slow.
1: So it's uh, a cheaper pit stop. It's a
0: cheaper pit yeah. stop, yeah. Then you have, I guess, the zero cost or the free pit stop, which is the red flag. Um, you know, Everyone has to come into the pits. They need to stop while whatever gets fixed and you're allowed to change your tyres then. Um,
1: you know what the funniest thing is? When someone just comes into pit, mm-hmm. um, they've gone onto new fresh tyres, trying to do an undercut, as we explained, mm. Uh, and then like one lap later, there's a huge crash and no one gets hurt, but there's a red flag. And then it's like, you're just laughing at the, at the person who just bit it. It's just, it's hilarious, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, I think you and I enjoy our racing in very different
1: ways. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like, you know, throwing stuff at the TV screen. Uh, yeah. I guess it yeah.
0: depends on which driver it happens to, but uh, <laughs> I feel for that. I mean, you can't predict those things, right? Like yeah, you just never know. Yeah. That's a big um,
1: bit. I mean, there's some other stuff that also like, puts a, a spanner in the works?
0: Before we get on to it, I, I, I just thought of a bit of a story. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to want to know about this one. I don't remember the exact details or whatever. Maybe we'll get into it in more detail later. But what if you could, you could predict the safety car gone? And you had a situation where your driver could benefit greatly from a safety car. Let's just say it's 2008. It's the Singapore Grand Prix. And okay. your driver is Fernando Alonso. And the way that strategies have worked out if you could just have a safety car now, it would pl- it would benefit your strategy immensely.
1: Uh, are you talking about <laughs> a You've kind of that. A match fixing situation?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was probably one of the biggest scandals in Formula One history. When <gasps> is
1: this called? Uh, it's not Watergate. It? <laughs> yeah,
0: Crashgate. 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 Crash gate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was something like that. Okay. Yeah, 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 Tell us. Tell us about this.
0: Well, the gist of it was that the Renault Formula One team were in that situation. Fernando Alonso would have really benefited from a safety car coming out. So they radioed his teammate, Nelson Piquet Jr., son of of triple world champion Nelson Piquet. And, um, they told him to crash. Oh my gosh. And crash he did. Yeah. He he stuck his Renault in the fence and it was a big crash and it caused the safety car to come out. And, um, it actually allowed Fernando to win that race. Um, very, yeah. Yeah. Um, Very controversial when it came out, because, uh, I mean, when it happened, we were all like, hmm, you know, all the meme lords back then, we were always, you know, a little bit sort of sus and stuff like that, like, oh, you know, how convenient your teammate crashed when you needed it. Um, But it was the next year or whatever, when when it it became public that, you know, he was instructed to crash, he did it on purpose, and um, some careers were ended, so Nelson Piquet Jr., his career um sort of went down the toilet is he after
1: Kelly Piquet's uh, father or uh, brother yeah, so brother. Nelson p
0: k yeah <laughs> so Nelson p k is Kelly Piquet's father for for those of you who don't know or like me don't care uh, <laughs> Kelly Piquet is max Verstappen's Mrs. misses his girlfriend um yeah, so it's all yeah, it's all family business, so yeah, yeah nelson Piquet jr his his career. Um, suffered greatly, so did Flavio Briatore, who we mentioned back when we were, yeah, remember that old character, Um, you know, he was was banned from Formula One.
1: Wow, what a story, right, okay, so at the end of the day, there's stuff you can plan going into the race weekend, and Mm. you can gather all this information and data during weekend, but then there's always curveballs that get thrown in the mix. And there's always things that are unpredictable, Hmm. there's weather, there's like fixed crashes. Um, (laughs) There's there's a lot. So I guess that's what makes it interesting. Like you can never really go into Formula One race and just know that this result is going to play out Mm. exactly this way. Yeah, Um, It's a
0: high speed game of chess.
1: Yes. I like that, yes. And you have to always think on like your feet. I would like to take credit
0: for that, but that's been said <laughs> yes. so many times by everyone. Um, yeah, it is. It is that's
1: yeah, it is. and that's why, we, that's why we love it.
0: you got to up the percentage of Nutella in these things.
1: I mean, I can see why you're saying maybe... Could be more because it feels a little bit drier sometimes. Mm. You want it to be more Nutella and moist, mm. but um,
0: I want I want Nutella oozing out of my mouth when I buy in this bad boy. You know what I
1: mean? Nutella uses one quarter of the world's annual hazelnut supply. <laughs> that is crazy.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Are you having second one?
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I not?